series on the book of Revelation a while back, and we're on the church at Sardis tonight. And I'm going to run through a few things quickly at the beginning here and skip a few things and move right along. And so we're going to look at Revelation 3, verse number 1. <clears throat> Revelation 3, verse 1. Anyone need an outline? Everyone got it? We're good to go? Vinny's already... Oh, Vinny, those eyes opened up back there. How you doing, buddy? You good? Even though I'm talking to you right now. Oh, he does. Okay, good. All right. Revelation 3, verse number 1. And under the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy work perfect before me. Remember therefore how... Thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou wilt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Father in heaven, I pray you bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. As we look at this church in Sardis, I sincerely believe, I know this was written to a literal church, I believe that there are things for us to learn and things that we can apply to our church in each of these that we read about here in the book of Revelation. pray that you would guide us tonight. You'd bless the time that we have. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I could take some time and talk about the city of Sardis itself, but I'm not going to to save a little bit of time tonight. But if we talk about this city, this city had a lot of wealth. It was a lot of power. And over time, they got kind of complacent. I think the church really did the same thing. If we're not careful, there are some things that we're going to read about in this church tonight. And as I mentioned, these were literal churches that these letters were written to. These were churches in that day, local churches, that these letters were written to to try and encourage them and to straighten things up. And we've noticed as we've looked at each of these churches to begin with, we see the fact that Jesus knows what's going on in his church. doesn't matter if that church is in Chino tonight, God knows what's going on in this place. God knows what's going on in Mexico in the church down there. God knows what's going on in his church. And as we look at this tonight, and as we dive in, we're just going to dive right in. We see, number one, we see the condition of the church here. We see the condition right away. We read in verse number one, And the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. You'll notice, as we've talked about each one of these churches to this point, you see that Jesus comes in a different way to each church. Like if we were to go back and look at the church in Thyatira, we see these things, saith the Son of God, who hath the eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are fine like brass. We have looked at those, and we see he brings to each church what is needed for that church. And you'll notice right away that it mentions here the seven spirits of God. 
And those are in reference to the Holy Spirit of God and His ministry, His complete ministry. The sevenfold ministry of the Spirit. Um, Isaiah chapter number 11 and verse number 2 says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And what we look here is we see this a reminder to this church and a reminder to all churches that as a church operates, it needs to operate under the power of the Spirit of God. This church is a dead church. We'll look at that here in a few minutes tonight. But I'll remind you, and as we look at these facts, this is a dead church, which means the Spirit of God really wasn't working much there. They looked good. They had some works. They were doing some good things. But they weren't doing it God's way. They were dying, and we'll look more at that here in a minute. You think about tonight, our bodies, when we... When everything is working well on our bodies, it's a great thing, right? And th why do we go to the doctor? Because something's not working right. And you could, you can go through life, and when the body's working right, it's awesome. When your legs move and go where you want them to go, it's a good thing. When your mind can think and you can move your hands and all this stuff works, that's good. Problem comes when that stops happening, right? And it's just like that in a church. When the Spirit of God is in control and the Spirit of God is moving in a church, a church does what God wants it to. The Spirit, the gift that He gives, all those things. And as we look here, we see the condition of this church tonight. And as we look at this church, I want you to understand something. They needed the Spirit of God. May I just remind you, there are no special programs or methods. I saw every once in a while, it's amazing, like on Facebook and things, I don't know what it is, how they like, have figured out every conversation I have, because I talk about something, and then magically it's offering for me to buy, you know, it's talking about that same thing a little bit later. Or somehow it has this idea that I'm a pastor of a church, and so I'll get these ads all the time on Facebook. How to grow your church from 100 to 1,000 in two weeks. Yeah, right. All you got to do is sign up for my special program. If you sign up for my program, it's going to work. That's not how it works. It's not how the work of God works. You need the Spirit of God. You need the power of God. And we look at what the Bible says and what was told to Zerubbabel. It's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And how we need the Spirit of God. As we look at this church here, and as we see, first of all, the condition, we see letter A, we see that Jesus knows everything that this church is doing. It says right away, I know thy works. He comes as the one who sees and knows all things. If you'll notice at all the churches that we've gone through, other churches that he's talked to, he commends them for things that they do. There's no condemnation given here. He's not commending them for anything that they do. That's different than the other churches we've looked at to this point. We see, and he doesn't really condemn their works. He just tells them he knows what's going on, and this is what needs to happen. And as we look here, may I just remind you of the fact, as Jesus knew what was going on in the church of Sardis, he also knows everything that's going on here at our church. And I take great comfort in that. I remember my first few years of pastoring, and even at times, sometimes we get thinking that we, we do so much. And, but I can't keep my eyes on every little thing that goes on. I can't. I would wear myself out, and I wear myself out enough as it is. But it is a comforting fact to know that God knows everything that goes on in this place. 
And he's got his eye on it. He knows everything. And that could be a comfort, and there's also more we can say about that. And as we look at this and we think about it, he sees us, he knows these things. And so this church, he knows everything this church is doing, but let her be. We see the fact that Jesus pronounced this church dead. Look at what it says. It says there, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. Apparently, this church had works. They were active. And by being active, it gave off the idea that they were alive. But Jesus says, you might have a good exterior. Maybe your works look good, but you're not. Just like tonight, in all reality, these flowers are nice, aren't they? I think they're nice right here. They give off a nice look to them. If you, walk, if you got real close to them, or the other ones up here on the platform, or these little ones under here, they look nice. But you know, I never have had to trim these little things to make a little hedge because they grow they don't grow they're dead this is how the church at sardis was from a distance they look good because they were active but they're dead and that's a great reminder for all of us of the fact you can have a great exterior but god knows the heart remember what he said there to samuel about david man looks on the outward but god looks on the heart and we see that this church looked like they were doing well because they had some works. But we see the fact that they were dead. That word there for dead means destitute of force or power, ineffective, inoperative. They were dead. There was activity, but it wasn't spiritual in nature. They were busy, but it wasn't doing anything spiritual in the process. And looks can be deceiving. And we see this church and we see all these things. It looked good, but they were dead. We see that a lot. There are a lot of churches that way today. Great example, there's a star, the polar star. Astronomers, they tell us it takes 33 years for the light from that star to reach Earth. That's a long time, a long ways. So did you know that if that star were to have burned up 20 years ago, we still wouldn't know that it was gone because it would still be giving us light for another 13 years because of the distance that's there. You see, it can look like it's still there, but it could be dead. And a church might be active doing some things, but just because it looks active doesn't mean that it's alive. As we look here, I've put in your notes there some signs that a church is dying and things just to keep in mind. And uh, there, here's a few things I wrote down here for you. First one is, a dying church rests on its past accomplishments and is satisfied with its present state. I think you could say a dying Christian, and I know you live, you don't die as a Christian. But a non-growing Christian, when we get happy and so where we're at, like I've heard people often, I'm good in my, no we're not. Don't ever get to the place, we need to be growing in the Lord. And if we ever get to the place in a church, oh, we're supporting enough missionaries. The room's full enough. There's people getting saved once in a while and be satisfied. That's a sign of a dying church. When we're always looking back on what's happened in the past instead of looking what's going on into the future. Secondly, there, a dying church is more concerned about their rituals and their formalities than about being spiritual. Sign of a dead church. Keeping tradition. Are some traditions good? Yes, they are. 
Are traditions more important than Jesus? No, they're not. But, they're, but sometimes you look at a church and they got all the formal things and all the rituals, but there's nothing spiritual taking place. A dying church is more concerned about social change than they are about seeing people changed by the power of God. Dying church is more concerned with material growth than it is with spiritual growth. A dying church is more concerned with pleasing men than it is with pleasing God. A dying church, as we look, how many more do we got there? We got a few more there, don't we? Clings more tightly to its creeds and confessions than, than it does to the Word of God. Now, this book is not prime and center in the sole authority. I was just talking to someone today. They sent me something they wanted me to listen to, and so I listened to it. I took about an hour of my time today listening to it. And the gist of what I got through what I listened to today was this guy and what he wrote down in his book and what he thinks is more important than what this book says right here. And there's a problem when what we write and what we think is more important than what this book says. This book should be the sole authority. This book should have preeminence. We should believe it and follow it. And in a church, this book is more important than the Constitution, than your statement of faith. This book is what matters most. And there should have been a few amens there. That's good. Next, a dying church is one that loses its conviction that the Bible is the Word of God. There's so much more that I could say down that road, but we see some signs of a dying church, but what are some signs of life in a church? You know, what are some signs? Some signs, first of all, I would say is growth. All living things are characterized by growth. Now you say, well, does that mean numerically? I think that could be part of it. I don't think that's the primary function of growth. How are the members, are the members growing? Is there spiritual growth taking place? Sunday mornings we're studying the book of Hebrews. There were a bunch of people that needed to move on to spiritual maturity. And they were letting things hinder them from growing in the Lord. And I would say as we look at a church, signs of life in the church, growth is important. Not only numerical. And numerical, it's a good thing. But do you realize sometimes in a church, if a church just stays at the number they're at, that's growth numerically, physically, because people leave, people come, people go. But I don't look at it that way. I'll tell you this, when I first started pastoring, I was more concerned about the physical growth. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's where I went to college. Maybe that helped me go down that road or that matter. I don't know. But you know my main concern today? That you're growing. That I'm growing. We need to be growing spiritually. We need to be growing in our things. How about this one? Signs of, a, of life in the church harmony. We all get along. Even one accord. When a physical body develops problems, it's because of the disharmony in the body. I think the same could be said about a church and how we need these things. And it's important and the signs of life. Another sign could be um, emotion. And emotion's not a bad thing. Sometimes we get, don't get carried away with emotion. Because when you let emotion lead too much, you get in a lot of trouble. But some emo- it's not a bad thing to have a little emotion. And that's, that's, part of, that's part of it there. And then as we look at it, motion I, would, I put down here because we're busy doing the work of God. And that, that's signs of life. It's a good thing as we serve God and move forward. 
And so we see number one tonight, we see the condition of this church. This church, Jesus knew everything about them. They looked good, and they were dead. Number two tonight, we see the cure for this church. It's like you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you've got something wrong. This is what you need to do to fix the problem. So the great physician comes to this church and says, you're dying, you're dead. This is how you fix what you got left. Look there in verse number 2 and verse number 3. It says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, which are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before me. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. As we look at the cure for this church, first of all, letter A, we see be watchful be watchful. It literally, this phrase means that they are to chase sleep. This church has a, is a church, it's got a past, it's done things for the Lord and all this other stuff, but at some point, they just, yeah, you need to wake up. Remember how the Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour? Didn't Jesus warn his disciples to watch and pray because sometimes we get very comfortable and some of you are there right now and those eyelids are about to close and you're just getting comfortable sitting there we need to wake up now's the time to wake up what happens is a church gets going and man the work that goes into it and all the money and everything and all the days of those bills and a church eventually one day burns their mortgage because all these people have paid it off. All these things happen. And after a while, a church grows complacent. Be watchful is what the Lord tells this church. Be watchful. Hey, Christians tonight, be watchful. Be watchful. Let her be. Get to work. Say, well, they're active. They were, they, I know thy works. They have a name in these things. It says, be watchful. In the next phrase, strengthen the things that remain. As we look there, it says, the Bible says here, Jesus tells them, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. That literally means there are some things in this church that are on death's door. They are just about, they're on life support. They're about to end. Hey, strengthen those things. Get busy. Revive those things. That's why, why do we have revival meetings? To help wake us up. Because we are prone to forget. We are prone to get laxed in things. And the Lord tells them here that he found that their works weren't perfect before God. That meant that their works were incomplete and they weren't reaching up to God. They weren't eternal in value. Maybe they were singing. Maybe they were, whatever they were doing, maybe they were giving. But there was no eternal value in what they were doing. There are also those that weren't saved. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But it is possible, I believe, to be busy thinking you're doing the things of God and yet doing nothing for God in that process. That's what this church was doing. Not only do we see that they need to get busy and get to work, but we see next that they need to be revived, but they need to remember Remember, remember where the Lord brought you from and what he's done for you. 
You know, over and over again in the Old Testament, the Israelites, God gave them memorials. Why? To help them remember. Why does God want us to remember? Because we forget, right? We all tend to forget. And we need to remember. If you'll notice, this has been a theme with some of these churches. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. Go back, remember what God has done in life. And it's a good thing for us to go back and to remember what God has done. Don't ever lose sight of that. Because this life gets busy. There are pressures in life. Things come in life. And the devil would love for us to forget all the things that God's done. You need to remember. Think about that psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. It's like the psalmist is like trying to remind him, don't forget what God has done. And Christian, may I just remind you tonight, don't forget what God has done in your life. We see the third thing here for this church under, this, under their work there. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold on to the things that are still alive in their midst. And it's an important thing. Hold fast. May we, as the Lord gives us grace, hold fast with the things that we have. And then we see they were to repent. Look there, it says in verse number, um, verse number three, hold fast and repent. Repent is a changing of the mind. The results in a change of action, I believe. They're told to repent. As we look here, we see lastly tonight, and I'm running through this a little quickly, and I could take a little bit more time, but I think we're doing all right. We see thirdly tonight that Jesus makes some promises to these folks here. As bad as things were in Sardis, look at verse number four. It says, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, that have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. You know, what does that mean there? Now, let's, let's think for a second. Are any of us worthy of anything? No. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. What makes us worthy or acceptable in God's sight? Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. When God looks at me, he sees the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been given to me. So those that are worthy are the saved people. There are saved people in this church. So even in the midst of this dying church, and this church that's about to die, there are a remnant of people that are still saved, still trying to serve God. And you know, sometimes we get the idea, kind of like Elijah, oh, it's just me, Lord, there's no one else. Oh, there's still 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee. And we look here and we see, he, we see his promises to the remnant here. And basically he's letting them know, just stay faithful. You haven't defiled your garments here with all that's around you. You're saved. You're going to be fine. Stay at it. Don't give up. But then we see letter B, we see also his promise to those who repent. Verse number 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now, 
there are those that would love to take verse number 5 and see. See, it says that God blots names out of the book of life. That's what it says. That's not what it says. It says he will not blot your name out. So some of us would look at, well, that's just saying that God does take some out. No, it's reminding us of the fact that he does not. If you're saved, he does not. And those that are saved and those that turn to him repent. As we see, we see here, do we overcome in our own power? No, we don't. But we'll be clothed in white raiment. Take the Bible and compare Scripture with Scripture. Those that are clothed in white raiment are those that are saved by Jesus Christ. We get that. And the fact is, once you're saved, your name will not be blotted out of the book of life. There are those two that would say, well, this just says the book of life. There's the Lamb's book of life. There's different books and all of that. I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. And if you are smart enough, you can tell me about it later on. And there's a lot of commentaries that say lots of different things. What I know is that once you're saved, your name will not be taken out of the book of life. And that's just reassurance of it here. That's all it's saying. If you want to think differently than that, look at the rest of the Bible, compare it with it, and it agrees with what I just said right there. And we see that he won't blot their name out of the book of life. And then we see he'll confess his name before his father and before the angels. And someday God's going to usher in all of his children into heaven with him. We don't want to be a dead church. We don't want to look good for everyone to see and God know that there's really nothing spiritual going on. We need the power of God. If God's presence and God's power is not on this place, I don't want to be here. God's Spirit isn't evident in what we do, and we're not spiritually moving forward for God, there is no point. Because everyone can look and say, oh, that church is great, good, great, and wonderful. No, God knows the true state of every church, and He's the one who matters. And maybe in your life tonight, maybe, maybe we're not looking at a church here, you're thinking about your own life here. And there are some things that have slipped, and there are some things that are about to die strengthen the things that remain the Lord can help you the Lord can help us as a church we see a church here that had works but that was dead the Lord knows what we need the Lord knows how we can fix our problems we make sure we go to him and seek his face and do what he tells us to do father we